Well, we want to welcome you to uh, a live Awakening Moments. And if you're listening to this uh, through the Awakening Moments podcast, you're here with Lori. I'm Lori and uh, Pastor Rhonda as well. And we're so excited to be with you. If you are watching this video uh, along with our HeartStrong family, we're so, so thrilled to have you. And thank you for taking the time to lean into this conversation with us. If you are not a part of our HeartStrong community, uh, but you would like to be, you can go to heartstrong.life and sign up for a free membership. And you can get access to everything that we offer in HeartStrong Discipleship, which is a whole lot. And we'd really encourage you to do so. We'd love to see you a part of our daily Bible studies and all of the resources that we have available to help you become a HeartStrong follower of Jesus and a HeartStrong disciple. So. Anyways, that's a little plug right off the top. Well, today we, as we prepared this video for our June month in HeartStrong, we are talking about our sort of overarching theme for the month is a disciplined body. And, you know, often when we talk about this uh, topic, we talk about it for, in the physical sense. Like we focus on um, our, our physical body, health in our body, honoring God by taking care of our body, Again, we wanna be healthy and we wanna be strong to be able to do what it is God's called us to do and to be healthy on this side of eternity. But the reality is that we do all know that we're going to be given a new body <laughs> with no pain and with no limitation um, on the next side, the next part of our life in eternity. Um, and so yes, although this physical body does have some value and the scriptures say that it does, godliness has even more value. But I thought it would be interesting to take this conversation a little bit of a different direction. Our key scripture for this month comes from 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 to 20. And it says this, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And again, I have heard this scripture referenced many, many times about the physical body, like making sure that we're caring for our physical body, also not using this physical body to participate in sinful activities, things that would dishonor the Holy Spirit that resides, because again, this is the physical temple of the spirit of God. So I've used it. I I've heard it used many times in that very sort of physical and natural context, but I think it'd be interesting to lean into a bit of a conversation today about what does it mean to be a disciplined body as in the body of Christ? So in much more of a spiritual sense, the sense that, you know, together as, as the body of Christ, you and me, Rhonda, along with the all the believers in the world are part of Christ's body. What does it mean? What does it look like to walk out uh, life as the disciplined body of Christ? How do we exercise discipline as the body of Christ? So again, we want to take this conversation a little bit more in a spiritual sense, maybe leaning into some how spiritual gifts play into it, how spiritual disciplines play into it, but rather than just the physical sense of my independent body and how do I, how do I honor God with my independent body? How do I honor God? How do I discipline myself as part of the body of Christ? So that's kind of where we want to start this conversation and we'll see what God has for us. And we'll see if there are any awakening moments along the way. I love it. You know, even as you're talking about the discipline of the body of Christ, 
it right away, when I think of the body of Christ, I think of the word dependency and in our, I feel like personally, it has been something that I have worked against dependency. I've worked towards independency to be independent, to be self, you know, self-sufficient to be, you know, in, yeah, all of those things that it comes with. And that is really applauded in our society. It's applauded growing up. That was kind of one of the pursuits is that you would be independent, strong, that you'd be able to do things on your own. But actually, when you look at the scriptures and when you look how, what God is asking, first off, God is asking us to be completely dependent on him. Independency and self-sufficiency is actually, it actually destroys us. It actually completely takes us away from intimacy, abiding, being completely sustained by God, by his presence. And that is the opposite of what God has for us. He has for us to abide with him, be filled with him, fully dependent on him. And I think with our society and now looking at the church, it's, that's pretty much what we see in the church is there's this independence from one another. But as we look at first Corinthians 12, and as it breaks apart the body of Christ and the parts of the body of Christ and speaks about the body of Christ, there is a dependency upon one another that what I do is also significant to what you do and how we are together. And it's not a matter of I'm doing my thing. You're doing your thing. No, together, we are doing what God has asked us to do together and we are intertwined. So I think even as we're talking about the discipline, it's like discipline and dependency go together. when We're talking about the spiritual side of the body of Christ. I would think. Wow. What do you think about that, Lori? Yeah. Yeah. I think that is so good. And I'm sitting here and it's making me think about my physical body. I know, I know we're not talking about our physical body. But it's making me in this context. So I'm sitting here and you and I are having this conversation and I am taking in air and I'm breathing and air is going in and then it's going down into my lungs and then it's being sent out into my bloodstream oxygen and it's keeping me alive. My heart is pumping. All of these things are happening simultaneously, completely dependent on each part to be working together in order for me to literally be alive sitting here today, having this conversation. Think about how our minds are connected to our voice, connected to our mouth. Like everything is working completely interdependently with one another in order for me to even function, how I'm moving my hands right now, every part. And it's no wonder that God actually gave us this as a physical representation of his desired plan for us as the body of Christ. That's exactly the kind of interdependency that God wants us to have with one another. The recognition that I can bring a gift to the body of Christ, but I can't bring all the gifts. And so I absolutely need you and I need everyone else in the body of Christ to bring their gifts in order for us to be able to accomplish what God has set before us to accomplish. If I think that I can do it all by myself, again, the scriptures actually say it like this. It's like the hand saying to the foot, I have no need of you. Well, guess what? If the hand has no need of the foot, I'm not walking anywhere. I'm not getting anywhere. Well, that's exactly the way that it was meant to be. But you're so right that from the time that we're very, very, very little, we are taught how to be independent. We are taught to depend less and less and less on others for things. And so I think sometimes this 
gets ingrained into our way of thinking and being, and even right into our very, the core of our identity. And it forces us in, no, it doesn't force it. We, we choose then to live an independent life and actually feel like that's the ultimate goal in life. But even if you think about it in an emotional context, the more independent we are, the more we actually are robbed of intimacy, we're robbed of the depth, the true depth of relationship that I think God created us and wired us to desire to have with one another. The, the way that God wired us and created us to have with him, the more independent we are, we cannot experience the true intimacy, the true relational love and intimacy that comes from that interdependency. Now, does that mean that we're going to risk being hurt and being disappointed and being let down? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because again, our bodies, God created them to function perfectly. Well, <laughs> God created them to function perfectly. Not everyone's body functions per perfectly. I, I guess I, I can say that right up front. I know a lot of people's bodies are not working the way that they should work. There's pain and there's things that are breaking down in the physical body, but it's designed to work perfectly together, just like I believe the body of Christ is. So then how do we actually do that? How do we get to the place where we begin to function in a way that we are leaning into how God desired it, how he created it to be, how he set it up for us as the body of Christ? Because the truth is, I don't think we're doing a fantastic job at this as the body of Christ. And I, this is a generalization, of course, I'm not speaking to any one person in particular, but I, I don't know if we're doing this super well. I think we've brought a lot of independence into our spirituality and into our faith. So how do you think we move from that place into more interdependency on the body of Christ? Well, I think, you know, you just brought up a really good point because I think oftentimes we go with a mindset of independence and consuming. We don't realize that everywhere we are, everything is instant for us. What works? If it's inconvenient, we just get worked up. I mean, I, I, I could just use even driving. If I'm driving and I can't get somewhere as fast as I want, I'm held up on a slow lane with a slower driver. I'm like, come on, move out of the way. Everything is about instant gratification, quick, rapid, consuming comfort. When we think about that, we all are drawn to that naturally. And I feel like really what we're looking at in the body of Christ is God's doing the opposite way. Like everything, our flesh and everything we kind of have ingrained in us, independence, it's about us consuming convenience. God wants it to be the opposite that it's about him. We're totally dependent with one another. We serve one another. We prefer one another, like all of the things of love that's counterintuitive to our flesh. But that's why God says, I'm going to teach you a better way. Like, I'm going to teach you a better way to live and to love the Lord, your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, your strength, but to love your neighbor as yourself. And those are some, everything that we're talking about today in the body of Christ, this kind of wraps it all up together, loving one another as Christ loved us and serving one another. And that is really the way the greatest in the kingdom is serving. And I think even when I think back to last month, watching a video from my friend, Andrea Foster, she just really brought a fresh pair of <laughs> brought a revelation to my heart that gave me a fresh pair of vision and eyes. As I looked across our congregation and I saw all of these moms, all of these, you know, families coming in that have children with, dis with that have disabled children, whether it be, you know, um, mental 
struggles, whether it be emotional, whether it be physical, all of it, walking through the doors, whether it be in a wheelchair, whether it be maybe not even being able to articulate the children articulate what they're going to, or be able to be in a classroom and they're, you know, in the hallway running back and forth. And I'm looking on Sunday specifically, if I could just share a story, Lori, I would really love this because there was a video on our heartstrong. So I want to encourage, I'm going to put a plug in for Andrea. If you could go back to the May content, Look at May and pull up Andrea's video. It is so profound. Yeah, it's the video, the interview with Andrea Foster. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, exactly. The interview with Andrea Foster. And she talks about having twin daughters that have just, they're both disabled and um, just various degrees of health issues and struggles that as a family that had to walk through but how God has shown them the beauty, her, the beauty that they are in the body of Christ and that they are made in the image of God and that they have a significant part to play in the body of Christ. And just as she is unpacking and she does it with beautiful articulation and humility and heart, she just begins to just share how God just brought her through this journey and their place in the body of Christ. And it just did something to my spirit. So on Sunday, There is a mom that comes and I actually did a funeral for her um, husband uh, not too long ago. And she is a young mom and she has a son with autism and it's a real struggle. Like it is such a struggle. Never, not only is she a grieving wife, now a widow, that, that whole journey, she's now a single mom, a step-up mom on her own with a young son who has autism. And she's trying to hold all these worlds together. And she came on to church. And her little guy was, you know, really struggling during the service. And I saw her and I just immediately thought of Andrea. And I thought of the beautiful verbiage she had given me to begin to go over to this mom. And I'm sharing this. I won't even tell you as I'm sharing this, I was even hesitant to share the story because it's actually nothing to do with me. It actually, I don't want, I don't want any glory in this. Like, you know, it says do things in secret. Even sharing this is hard today because I I don't even want to say this out loud, but I feel like this is part of the body of Christ. And I just pray that just inspires you. Like it inspired me to say how much we need one another. And uh, so I'm going to share this story about it, but it really is about God and it's about how he can use each of us, but how significant body members are parts of our community are that we may not even see unless we're intentional to see them through the love of God and through how they operate, how they are such a significant part of the body of Christ. So let me circle back to this. So as the, the service closed, she came and found me and was just talking a lot about what she's been going through. And I just said to her, you know, I just want you to know your son is made in the image of God and he's never a disturbance here. This is his family. There is room here. He is part of the body of Christ and he has a significant part to play in the body of Christ. And she just began to cry. And I just want to say, Andrea, so walked me through that in the conversation. I was so touched. I was crying even after the congregation. I just kept thinking about the conversation over and over in the days to come after we had spoken. And it was like for that moment in that interview, here I was standing in front of a mom, watching her, even during the service, trying to keep her little son entertained as he's, you know, having his episodes and just trying to work through all that he was struggling with in the service. And here she is, she had got him dressed, got to church, came here, here they are part of our body. It'd be so easy to say, do you mind going in the foyer? It's being too noisy, or this is disruptive versus saying you are 
an amazing woman. And so is your son. He, this is his home. This is his family. May you feel how loved we are. You are, and let's just come around you instead of dismissing or isolating a mom that already feels so isolated. Imagine that life all by herself. She's lost her husband on this. He's in heaven, but on this side of earth, she's doing this alone. She's got this little guy took everything to get to church and even feeling frustrated, like flustered, trying to get him to be quiet in the service. And that would be the most Cru- almost cruel thing to say. And here I'm looking, I'm like, I want you to know he is not a disturbance. He's a gift to our church. He's a gift to our church. He's a gift to the body of Christ. He's part of our family. So even I'm getting emotional. I'm thinking, thank you, Andrea, because I really need to hear that. I needed to see that. I needed to have a fresh pair of eyes to say, this is our family. He wow. is not a disturbance. He is a gift to our church. And may we learn to see through the eyes of God, the significance of every single one. And so the tears were just flowing down her face. And uh, so it was just so beautiful. It was just so beautiful moment. Yeah. Honestly, like, I just, I just want to repeat something that you said, because I do, I think it is so profound and so powerful because basically what you're saying is that as a result of this conversation with Andrea about her story and her experience like you gained insight and understanding and tools to be able to then take. So again, you think of body interdependence, like she gave you some tools through her life and through her story and through her ministry and through her place in the body that then placed them to you that then enabled you to walk, to step into another ministry moment, to use those same tools that you didn't have, like, you know, before that interview, before that conversation with her, that you could step in and minister so beautifully and so profoundly. Like it really does go back to the gift that Andrea is to the body of Christ, the gift that her daughters are to the body of Christ, the lessons that she's learned through what she's had to walk with them. Like this is the beauty and the largeness and the connectedness, the interconnectedness of the body of Christ that again, unless you go back to Andrea and tell her this story, she'll never know. She will never know how much her story and her girls impacted you and this woman in that moment. And that I just want to just state that and point that out because I think this is what this conversation is all about. It's like, you don't know how powerful actually your story is like, you don't know how powerful, like your two disabled daughters that God has literally gifted them with something that you need because someone else needs it because he has someone else in mind. And then how God's going to continue that story that we'll never know, like we will never know, but how important it is for us to fully embrace both the limitations and the opportunities of the circumstance that we find ourselves. Like we can look at our story and we can look at our circumstances and we can say, Oh, but, and this, and you know, I've got, no, everything is there. If your eyes are fixed on God and if you are walking the empowerment of the Holy spirit, love, joy, peace, goodness, self-control, kindness, gentleness, all of the, the fruit of the spirit, then you are literally set up to be exactly that and to do exactly that, what you're telling this story and experiencing this story. And I understand like, you're like, oh, I don't want to sound like I am the hero of this night. Like it was me. And you're not, you're not saying that at all. 
you're, you're painting this beautiful picture of the connection between, again, the profoundness of the ministry of these two disabled teenagers that have so impacted their mom, that have now so impacted you, that are going to impact everybody that watches that video, and that have now impacted this other young single mom. And I love because this story continues. And I want you to tell the rest of the story because again, this is how I, I think it's just such a good example of how this all works together. And you're just getting a really full circle moment of all these connections, but continue uh, this story because it, it is even more beautiful what God chose to do. Uh, well, it was from our, I know from our mother's day service. And then we went on to like, so that was that whole little package. I love Lori, how you just brought that all full circle, but Andrea, like all of that. So we take and we learn and we're able to minister and then, you know, from the service, I had talked about the single mom breaking off the label of single moms, that they feel less than, they feel disqualified, they feel like they're lacking. And there's a title, there's a shame and a title that goes with single mom. And maybe just maybe just share that word one more time, because there might be people listening today that didn't get to hear that word that are part of our heartstrong community or part of our Awakening Moments community. Just share that a little bit, um, just that that word that God has put on your heart for, for our single moms. Yeah, well, we dads. Exactly. Want to break that label of single, single dad, single mom, because it's a label that brings shame. It's a label that means like you're not quite enough. You're just not quite enough because you're single, you know, versus you are enough. And I want to just say, when I break now shame, I break that label over you. If you're watching today, I break that over your life that you are enough and you are not a, a single mom or a single dad. You are a step up mom and a step up dad. You've stepped up to raise your children in faith. You have stepped up to do the care. You've stepped up to nurture. You've stepped up to look after and to provide for your family. You are a step up parent. And I want you to know God has promised that when you step up, he always steps in. God steps in regardless, but he is stepping in. He is stepping in to help give you the strength. He is stepping in to meet you with wisdom. He is stepping in to meet you with faith, with strength, with provision for all that you need. You are not single. You are a step up parent. And so we honor you. We bless you. And we speak that over your life that you are enough and you are part of our body of Christ. And we love you and we love your family. And so feel that cohesion that cohesion and that honor today. And I think that's what we're talking about. So even from that word, you know, her now being a step up mom in a circumstance, she never found herself wanting her husband passed away. And here she is now she's got a son who's got autism. She's now a step up mom due to a, like a real tragedy and a trauma. And she's fresh out of that, walking that through. And during the service, during mother's day, I was surprised by you and you, and Jason, you and I never love to be on stage. We love to honor lots of women. But when I got pulled, I was like, don't, don't pull me up for flowers or anything like that. Well, it happened. You pulled me up on stage and we were able to honor. And I, we, we literally had an argument with each other. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> so you, you know, Pastor Jason honored me with a beautiful bouquet of flowers. So this is to bring into the story. That's why I'm telling you this. So this is part of the story is after, okay. So we have this whole moment with her son at the altar. And then we have this whole moment talking about being a step-up mom and the grief, but saying, God, you know, but God, he is going to be your comfort and just speaking into her life about being a step-up mom. And then she goes on to tell me it's mother's day. And she just says to me, pastor Rhonda, this is so hard. You know, it's been so new since my husband's left this earth. And this is the first mother's day. I've never had flowers. And all my siblings are posting pictures today on Facebook of their husbands buying them flowers. And I don't have anyone here. And I literally felt 
like honestly, just this overwhelming joy that I actually had flowers to give because in that moment, the flowers I got during the service um, as the campus pastor, I had them sitting right behind me on the stage and I leaned over and I just grabbed them and I said, actually, these aren't supposed to be mine. These are flowers from heaven for you. This is not to be your first Mother's Day without flowers. And God wants you to know he's stepping in and he sees you and he loves you. And I just, you know, those moments, this is the body of Christ. And I'm so emotional thinking about it because this is the beauty. As much as we can minister to people, the ministry we receive by having these intentional eyes to see the body that we're not consumers when we come together as a family. We are here to minister to one another, to encourage each other, and to be able to give to one another. And God just provided through Andrea's word, through a prophetic word that I didn't even know this mother was going to be there at the service, a prophetic word that God had laid in my heart for the service to give. And these flowers were literally, I almost felt in that moment for that specific divine moment in time that no one else saw. Here we were at the altar. That's why I was just hesitant to even share it because it was such an intimate moment, but it was literally like all those things came together for that one moment. But had she not come to church, had she not made the effort to be in community, she'd be on her own at home struggling on Mother's Day. And here she is at church. And I was just so grateful for all of those things that just happened in that one moment. I went, I actually, that's why I'm emotional because even when she walked away, I was like, oh God, I feel like I just got ministered to from you deeper than anything I could have ever given out. And that's a beautiful thing when we are not consuming, but we actually release what God has put in us. He just, it's an ever ending. Like it doesn't stop. It's inexhaustible, the flow, but we stop guard it with our own consuming mindset, our own flesh, our own stop, our selfishness, our hands. We actually don't have the abundance. We live in scarcity, but God wants us to live in abundance within the body of Christ by using our spiritual gifts and giving to one another and coming when we have intentional times together or at home, whenever that we minister to one another as a body, because that's how God's in, he's made it to be together, codependent on one another. I don't know if codependent is the right word, but dependent on one another. Interdependent. Yeah. Interde interdependent. I love that word. Interdependent to just minister. And so that's just a story. I wanted to kind of bring home the power of the body of Christ of being together. And I was blessed by her. And I was like, she's my hero. Like she is such a woman of courage and a woman of faith. And so I have deep respect for her. So it was a beautiful moment in my life. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that story with us, honestly. And again, I know it does not come from a heart of being like, wow, Rhonda, you're so awesome. Like, I know that's not at all. And I do think it paints just such a beautiful picture of this conversation of the power of the body of Christ. Before we go into the next part of our talk, I hear you binging and bopping over there. Um, maybe you can either just close your email. Your email might be open behind the Zoom call or um, up in the corner with the two lines. Um, just put yourself on do not disturb. I know. And this is a hard thing. Everyone's like, you get down to see firsthand what tech looks like. I got a new computer and I'm like, this is a different spot. I can never find it on the new. I don't know how to shut off. So let me, Lori, as you continue, I am just going to quit mail right now. That's going to be the yeah. fastest way. Yeah, shut so your mail. Mail. I'm really sorry, everyone, for the binging and the bopping. You just have a little bit of additional uh, soundtrack. There we go. Soundtrack behind <laughs> our conversation. Thank no you. No problem. No problem at all. Um, 
So I think, no, no, no. She's laughing at me now. It's, like, I just it. it's okay. It's like no, that hard transition. It's like, we're just going to move now. There we go. Yes, just, yes, yes. No, honestly, though, I think this is so beautiful. And one thing that you pointed out in that conversation was about how hard it was for this young woman to come to church with her, with her son. And that it just would have taken, it took a lot of work. It was painful, all of that. But I think there's something for us to grab hold of about this conversation about what does it look like to be a disciplined body, a disciplined body of Christ? What does it look like to do this? It actually looks like doing what we don't want to do. And I don't know why that is. I really, I honestly, for the life of me, I can't figure out why the things we know are good for us, the things that produce good fruit in our lives, the things that bring healing in our lives, the things that make us healthier and more whole, why are they so hard to do? Why are they literally the hardest things for us to lean into? And there are a few like even keys, I think even in her own story that led to a very powerful and healing moment. But honestly, like I commend this woman as an example, because she leaned into this pain, okay? Pain of grief, pain of the first Mother's Day without her husband, pain and struggle of being alone, pain and struggle of having a son who has disabilities that she's got to care for completely on her own. Like she leaned into all of that discomfort and said, I'm going to go to church anyways. And this is what it is to be a disciplined body. We actually have to do the things we don't want to do to yield the fruit that we want to yield. And I, I hate that life works this way because I wish the things that we know are good for us would be easy to do, but they're not. They're not in any sphere. And even if we do just take this in a physical sense, it's not easy to exercise our bodies. It's not easy to eat right. It's not easy to do any of the things that actually produce the long-term fruit that we need for health and wholeness. It's not easy to do this emotionally. It's not easy to do it spiritually. In fact, I think, no, I was going to say spiritually, we probably have the most opposition, but actually, no, I think we have opposition in every single arena because every single arena matters. Our physical matters, our emotional matters our spiritual matters. They all matter, but the things that yield and produce the most fruit are the hardest things for us to do. And I think over time we think or imagine or expect that it should get easier. And then we start the shame, the shame train of being like, I should know better. Now I'm 30 years old. I should have, I should have got through this already. I'm 40 now. I I should have learned these lessons. Now I'm 50 and I'm still struggling with the same thing. We start to go down the shame train. And then that starts to be an obstacle for us to continue to make the choices, the hard choices of leaning. And this is what discipline (laughs) is all about. It's about making the harder choices that are going to yield the most fruit in our lives. I don't know what it is. Like, and again, I just, I don't get it on like a, just a practical life application level, but the things that are the easiest for us to do often lead us to become the people we do not want to become the quick decisions. Like you were talking about the immediate gratification, the quick comforts that we choose. They, if you just stop for a second and think about it, Those are not the decisions that are going to lead you to the person you desire to become. You truly desire to become in the core of your being. But I think this 
is probably what affects us as the body of Christ, because even when it comes to being the church, and we're not talking about doing, we're talking about becoming the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, we don't want to do the hard things. We don't want to get up and come to church. We don't want to serve. We don't want to sacrifice. We don't want to love. We don't want to serve others as better than ourselves. We just don't want to. We want to show up for ourselves. We want to consume. We actually think that I have to prioritize my own happiness because that's how I'm going to get what I want. But yet we try that again and again and again, and it doesn't work. It doesn't actually work. We just, it just leads us to wanting more, wanting something else, striving for something else. It doesn't actually work. And so I just, I, there's so much we can pull out of just that little story on a practical application. And again, this woman received another layer of supernatural spiritual healing from all kinds of things that God preordained like weeks and weeks and weeks before he was about her in that moment. And he said, okay, Rhonda, I'm going to put this word on your heart. You're going to share this word. And I know that that word impacted many people. Like I know it wasn't even just for her, but even if it was just for her, amen, glory be to God. There's no, we don't even need any more than that, but that's what it's like for all of us. I think as part of the body of Christ is just being obedient to what God has called us to do, using our gifts to serve one another, looking at what is in our hand and, and how it can flow through us. Not so God blesses us. And then we're like, Oh, sweet. Yay. Look at me. I've got all this blessing. No, it's literally like how much can God entrust to flow through your hand. So even with the flowers, and I know that's just like, it's such a small thing. I know it's, but that was not a small thing to her. Like that was a huge thing to her. Like she was seen and it's not about you. She, it wasn't even that she was seen by you. She was seen by God. She was seen by God. Like she woke up in the morning. I had another incredible story too, of a mom who's praying for her family, you know, and she's a matriarch of her family and she's been praying for her family to be in church and, you know, to fill an entire row. And if her whole family came, they would fill an entire row. And she just, you know, she leaned over to her husband and she said, you know, one day I'm believing, like I am believing for this entire row to be filled, you know, with, with our entire family. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm never, I'm going to go to the grave praying this prayer well on mother's day her family surprised her they didn't she didn't know they were coming and the entire row was filled so 10 minutes after she said this to her husband the entire row was filled with her family and she was like wow god that was so fast but again like (laughs) these moments these moments are so precious and so they so matter and god sees us and god hears us but God loves us so much and loves the body so much. He actually wants to use us to be conduits of his glory. Like what? This is so far beyond, but we have to remember it's going to come through doing the things we don't want to do. Like there's going to be opposition at every turn when you're leaning into a space of becoming who we're called to become. And that's just discipline. (laughs) Woo, Laura, that was an amazing breakdown of that, of that preach. That was a little preach right there. And exactly what you're saying, like how Paul even says, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. 
So who could rescue me from this body of death? Literally, it literally is this ingrained rebellion in us to be like God. Like our flesh wants it our way. We want it all about us. So what you're even saying, but even as you're sharing that story, exactly like how God, I just love how God is so personal. Like even for that one woman that you mentioned with her family, to the other woman I talked about coming and bringing her son, God saw these moments. He's heard the prayers. And I want to encourage those of you that are listening. This is to encourage you. Do not give up. Do not lose heart and keep pressing and keep showing up. What you do matters. Reading your Bible matters. Praying matters. Showing up to church matters. Sharing your struggles with others matter so others can share the joy of the victory with you. It matters. But even when you're talking about that story of that woman sharing that story about um, her family being there, how beautiful that she shared that with you so you could celebrate in that moment to say, thank you, God. This is us to hold. It's almost like he gives us to begin so encouraged to keep praying Because we don't know the unfolding of promises. There's a sovereignty and a timing in it all. But he gives us what we need to give us strength to keep saying, I'm working. Even though you don't see it, I'm working. I have a plan that I am perfectly working out. But it matters that you show up in community. It matters that you are part of the body of Christ. Because as you struggle together, we can have victory together. And those things are intertwined as well, that we're not meant to do life alone. And the beautiful thing is when you are struggling and you share and the body of Christ can come around you and we can be a part of what you're a part of, that when those victories come or those breakthrough moments come or the answers to prayer come or the promises we see on this side of heaven, we are able to see on this side of heaven, we can all celebrate together. And I think that's part of the joy that is actually so much more abundant. That's part of the abundance of God that he's given us a family that we can do life together with on this side as a deposit and a taste of the massive eternal family we will have on the other side. God made it this way. Like he made it this way. I love it. Yes. And I think you hit on another aspect of the body that God really wants us to grab hold of. And that is the power of what we testify to, of what we say, of what we declare. And sometimes we think like, I think sometimes we fall prey as Christians that we can only tell the story when we're on the side of victory. Like that we can only say, you know, when, oh, now the row is filled. So now I can tell the story. I can't tell the story when I'm still praying for the row to be filled. But actually there is power in the body of Christ on both sides of the story. And it's what it. It's part of the call again of the body of Christ. Cause I don't know if maybe I'm praying the same prayer and maybe we can join together and we can believe together. And then we can celebrate that victory together. Or maybe it is when you say that and you declare and you give God glory for the answer to that prayer, if that's going to infuse faith and encouragement is this into somebody else. Again, how we use our voice in the midst of this, but how often do we find ourselves? Like, even as you were preparing to tell the, the story you told today, Rhonda, like there was a part of you that's like, maybe I shouldn't, like, I don't want to come across like 
it just amazes me how the enemy can get in right in the midst of the incredible things that God is doing and sort of like just whisper these things like, oh, sure. It's all about you. eh? Oh, you want to be the hero of this story. Oh, you better not like I don't or whatever, like how, however that sort of comes out. And I just feel like, man, there are so many ways that the enemy is working to try to actually get us disjointed, to yeah. not actually function together as a body, to, to believe that we have to do it all on our own, to believe that our faith, our faith is, you know, your faith is private. Your faith is your own, your faith journey, your spirituality, all of these things. You're meant to do that alone. Actually, no, it is why when we get ourselves into smaller groups of people, when we gather together in church as a body of Christ, there's this sense of like, the opposite of that. I'm, I'm not alone. I'm with my family. If you get a group of people who have never spoken about their faith before, but their faith is like really, really important to, we see this in alpha all the time. We see this in small groups as we pull groups of people together to talk about their faith. They will say, this is the first time I have ever, I don't have anyone in my family that is a believer. I don't have any friends that are a believer. This is the first time I've talked about my faith. My faith has been really private. And all of a sudden, something just rises up in them. And that's because they realize, oh my gosh, I am a part. I belong to a body. I'm attached. I'm connected to a source that is beyond me. That is bigger than me. And again, like we get to see this in Heartstrong every single day, which is probably part of what is so powerful yes. about this journey. Yes. It's not even like, oh, you know, how profound was the teaching? I mean, the teachings are amazing and we are getting so much out of the word of God, but there's something about the visual of this beautiful body of Christ and imagining like every single little zoom ahead is like a part of the body working together in this, just this encouraging faith building, beautiful as we share struggles, as we share prayers, as we share breakthroughs, as we share revelations, God. God is like stirring so much. And again, it's just another example of how we're designed to be interconnected to one another, how we're designed to walk this out. But I want to stress this is a discipline and there is going to be lots of opposition that's going to make you feel like it doesn't matter if you show up, makes no difference. You're not making a difference here. Oh, it's only those people who are talking that are really making the difference. It's only this or that, all the disqualifying language, all of the language of diminishment, all the language of you're not seen, you don't matter. They come from the father of lies, the small f father of lies, but there is a heavenly father, one who every single one of us who are part of this body calls our father, our Abba, our daddy, Amen. literally, literally the one who has said to us, I have given you an inheritance with Christ. I have given you everything you need to operate together as a body that's our father and we have to actually call those lies what they are and lean into the discomfort and lean into the pain because when we lean into the pain there's healing on the other side our heavenly father is faithful when we lean into the discomfort of like feeling 
unseen, feeling unimportant, feeling like we don't matter, but we show up anyways. We actually posture ourselves to be a conduit for God's glory. We don't know who needs us to be there. We just don't know, but we have to be ready and we have to bring what it is that we have to the table and recognize that it's all important. I can't see what's going on in the inside of my body as I take a breath. I can't see it. It's just happening. It's just moving. Imagine again, as a body of Christ, if we just do what God's called us to do, we just do it. We don't even recognize or see that we're doing it. In fact, I actually want to say that I want to speak that to somebody right now, because you are actually doing what God has called and gifted you to do. And you don't even know it. You, you don't even know you're doing it. You don't even see it's actually coming out of you so naturally, so super naturally. You don't even recognize and you think everybody does it. They don't. You do it. It's the part that God has called you to bring and you do it so naturally. So don't diminish it. Don't make light of it. Don't say it doesn't matter. It matters. Keep bringing it, keep bringing it to the table because again, you're part of that body that we can't see what's happening right now, but stuff is happening. I'm talking. I can't stop talking. <laughs> Something's <laughs> happening. I don't know, <laughs> but it's all how the body works. So I just think it's really, really powerful. I have loved this conversation today. I have loved it because as we've just unpacked it, it just once again brings it back to, it's not about us. It's about him. It's not about comparing ourselves. It's about being fully secure, fully confident that God has uniquely created us all with a singular purpose to love and know him, but to serve through the gifts he's given us for the bigger picture of the body of Christ. It's not about us. There's only one kingdom we're building for one king. And so I think that's, we bring it right back to that. And I think as we've talked about, as we're wrapping this up, you know, we want you to know that God has a plan for you. And the father's table is always, always available for you to come because that's the father. He loves you. You are part of his family. You are individually seen, individually created, and he has an individual purpose for you. And that's to know and love his heart, but to also express individually through your gifting, through your story, how he's made you. And so just lean into that, lean into that truth that you matter and that God has a plan. I love it. Come to his table. He's going to reveal it to you every single time. Exactly. And this is the profoundness of our father. This is the profoundness of the Holy spirit that he has literally given you individual gifts to operate interdependently in the body. So your individual gifts are not meant for you. They're not actually meant to bless you. Although they will be a blessing to you. They are not meant just for you. God has someone else in mind, many others in mind. And just like the story that we told today, you won't even know how many people are touched and blessed by your obedience to God. So you're responsible to be obedient. You're responsible to bring your gifts to the table. You're responsible to bring your personality, how God is wired, the acquired skills, the things you have learned over your lifetime to bless the body of Christ, to serve. And through serving, God is going to fill you with authority, authority over darkness, to be able to defeat the, the plans of the enemy that are working against you and working against the body of Christ. So this all has a much larger purpose at play. But again, if you find yourself continually going around the mountain of saying, 
I don't matter. I don't have any significant gifts. I wish I had these gifts. If you find yourself again and again and again, just diminishing, not seeing, being discouraged, being disqualified by your past, being disqualified by maybe your own limitations, the limitations of your life, the limitations you find yourself. If there is constant disqualification language, I encourage you to stop going around that mountain and turn north. Look to Jesus, look to Jesus, because there is something profound for you to grab hold of as you embrace your full position in the body of Christ, as part of the body of Christ, interdependent, bringing what you need to bring to the table so that all of these parts can work so beautifully together. Lean into the discomfort of the things that are unhealed in your life. Lean into the discomfort of the things you don't want to do because God has something profound and powerful for you and for those around you, for the body of Christ. So let's keep leaning into this together. Listen, this isn't easy for Rhonda and I either. We constantly have to lean into discomfort in order to go into these places because we live through these disqualifications. We disqualify ourselves. We discourage ourselves. We diminish our own voices too. Mm -hmm. We have all those things that we have to push through in order to step into the things that God is calling us to do. So we're with you in this, but I do know that God is in the business of purifying his bride, of beautifying his bride. We are the bride of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And there is a divine design for us to step into. So let's keep stepping into that. Let's keep leaning into that together. And we encourage you to lean into all that HeartStrong has for you this month. Continue to grow. We're not in an easy chapter. We're going to be going through Leviticus. So (laughs) it's going to take real discipline. Maybe this is a timely word. It's really going to take discipline to stick through this. But I know that God has something powerful for us. So God bless you. We love you so, so much. And thanks for spending some time with us today.